Last week, um, which is the, was the first Sunday of Ordinary Time, but also the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, we had the scene of John the Baptist baptizing the Lord. And now we move a little bit further in the story, and John is telling people about whom he baptized. You know, this is, this is the one I've been telling you about. And then he sees him, and he sees him, and he calls out, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And then he keeps, you know, telling those around him, Look, this is the one I was telling you about, the one I baptized, the one I testify, I saw the Holy Spirit coming down upon. I testify that he is the Son of God because... The one who sent me to baptize told me, when you see the Spirit descend upon one you baptize, he is the Son of God. What's kind of curious here is John says two times, I did not know him. But we're also told in the Gospel of Luke that they were related, right? Mary and Elizabeth. So, I mean, you would think at the family picnic, they would have met, not a lot of people in that area, you know, Sunday dinner, whatever. <laughs> Does he really mean literally that he did not know Jesus before he baptized him? Or perhaps he means he didn't know who Jesus really was. Like he knew, he knew Jesus, the kid he grew up with. Because that, that's what it would have been, you know. If they would have known each other, I'm sure they knew each other. If Mary was close enough to visit Elizabeth, and they were both pregnant at the same time, I'm pretty sure that when both children were born, they would have made sure they met, right? So John probably grew up with him, knew him, John the Baptist. But he didn't know him, know him. And furthermore, he didn't know him to the degree that he was revealed at the Jordan. He didn't know he was the Son of God while they were growing up. He didn't know that he was the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. He didn't know that. And we know in common parlance how that works. Well, I didn't really know him, know him. Now I really know him. Now I really know that person. An interesting identifier, too. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You remember the Passover story, right? The Jews are slaves in Egypt. And on that night, before the Lord God will lead them out through, through Moses, they're told to sacrifice a lamb. Sacrifice that lamb, consume the lamb, eat the lamb, and spread its blood on your doorpost, and the angel of death will pass over you, and you will be freed. In Isaiah, we're told of the suffering servant who will be the Lamb of God, the one who is sacrificed for all of God's people. And then Jesus Christ comes in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity. And John the Baptist points him out as the Lamb of God the one to be sacrificed. And even we move the, the understanding further down the line to the Last Supper, when the Lord takes the bread and says, this is my body, 
takes the wine and says, this is my blood. He changes it into himself because he is the lamb that must be consumed so that death might pass over. The Eucharist saves. The Eucharist is the Lamb of God. And when I hold the the host aloft, behold the Lamb of God. It's all connected. And so John the Baptist now, toward the end of his life, because he's he's not going to make it much longer, due to Herod and Herodias, now has this deeper understanding of who Jesus is. He really understands and knows who he is. I read a lot of statistics about the church. I've studied a lot of culture, about the culture that we live in. I've studied a lot of the trends. Um, Some of you have too, I'm sure. A lot of people leave the Catholic Church. The vast majority of those who leave the Catholic Church don't leave because of the scandals. Pretty good reason to leave, but not because of that. They don't, believe, they don't leave because uh, um, of any particular political issue, etc. They leave, ultimately, the majority. They leave because they say they don't have faith. They don't have faith, which means they don't know Jesus Christ. I know I have many friends, many friends, know many people who have gone to Protestant churches. They've left the Catholic Church. And they say, finally, I know Jesus Christ. How is that possible when we have Jesus Christ on the altar? How is it possible that Catholics don't know Jesus Christ? But then it, you know, it makes me ask the question, do I know Jesus Christ? I mean, I know a lot about Jesus Christ, but how well do I know Jesus? It's a good question for each of us. There's no other reason to be here except to know Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. I mean, it all builds on that, right? That the Eucharist is Jesus Christ and the church matters, but only insofar as it conveys the truth of Jesus Christ to us and a relationship of Jesus Christ with us. Everything we do here is relatively worthless if we don't know him. We can know all kinds of things about him, but if we don't know him, know him, know him, We lack the most important thing. And so like John the Baptist, who grew up with Jesus, you know, his whole life, and, you know, you wouldn't think would say something like, I didn't know him. We too, you know, maybe we've been Catholic our whole lives. Most of our lives. But a good question. Do we know Jesus Christ? Do we know him, know him? Intimately. As a friend. Do we know him? And what does it take to move to that? You know, Catholics are really good. We're really good about doing the stuff. You know, doing the actions. And the actions matter. Again, I'm not trying to to say they don't. But we're really good about all of the sort of the physical manifestations. You know, genuflecting the right way and crossing, 
you know, ourselves the right way and, you know, a lot of the physical things. We're, we're really good about that, the, that kind of detail. We're not so good about sharing our heart with God. And that's what it takes to know Jesus. I think about any relationship. Some of you are in love. Even after all these years, you're probably still in love. You still love your, your beloved. And what brings you deeper into love is knowing each other's hearts. Not, not knowing about each other, stuff, things, that matters, but really knowing each other's hearts, the intimacy that you share. And this is not always an easy thing to share, to be vulnerable with another person, to share our fears, to share our feelings, to share our hopes and dreams, anxieties, etc., to share all of that. That's how you build a relationship. People will come to me often and they'll say, Father, I'm so mad at God. I, I, don't even, I don't even know how to pray. I'm so mad at God. I tell them, pray angry. I tell them you're angry. God, I'm angry at you. I'm frustrated with you. I'm disappointed at how things are going and whatever. Lord, I'm pleased with our relationship. Lord, thank you. My heart longs to know you more. These are the kinds of words we need to say in prayer. And sometimes, again, doing the, the ritual can perhaps obscure it, but every Hail Mary that's said in the best way possible is an expression of the yearning of the human heart. Every Our Father the same. Every participation in the Holy Mass the same. We have a longing in our hearts for God. And the only way to connect with Him is share some of that. To be vulnerable, to risk. You know, the songs we pick, uh, Chris picks, and, and we talk about for the liturgy, very often we're, we're, we're choosing songs that talk about this kind of thing. Because we want everything to, in the Mass to 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 sort of bolster our need and our desire for God. Take out your song sheet here. Go ahead, take it. It's a green one. <laughs> Hopefully you know that this is a song sheet. You're supposed to use this. <laughs> okay, look at the preparation of gift song. Look at that. It's uh, right in the middle. Build my life, it's called. And then halfway down, there's the chorus. Now, I'm not going to make you sing tonight because you're going to sing in just a couple minutes, but just let, let's look at these words because sometimes we sing the words, but we don't feel or even think what they're saying. I just want to read that with you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill my heart, fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart. When we, when we sing these words tonight at the preparation of gifts, I invite you to really share your heart with God. Open up your heart 
so that you might, in turn, receive his. Please stand.